0: are continuing with our series on values. And so if you're visiting us, those are our values, lordship, evangelism, discipleship, leadership, and family. And so tonight I'm going to speak and preach about the fourth one being leadership. It's a, it's a topic that uh, I love dearly uh, for obvious reasons, love to read about it. And so there's obviously thousands, if not millions, of books and quotes and podcasts lately Uh, On leadership. And so I've taken the liberty of sharing two of my famous leadership quotes that I believe summarizes leadership for me with you tonight. And so on the screen, you will see the first one by John Maxwell. It says, That he who thinks he leads but has no followers is only taking a walk. All right. And so if you go and walk in the park and nobody is following you, if you look around, your dogs does not count, then most probably you need to work on that leadership because leadership is all about influence. And so when you are a leader, people will follow because you have influence. Second one uh, is also a very summarized great one that I strongly believe in, Margaret Thatcher. You know who is Margaret Thatcher? She said, being in power is like being a lady. If you have to tell people you are, you aren't. All right, good one. And so if we go back to our values, I think hopefully by now you have paused and said, well, values, this is the things that we wanna live by, the things that directs us. Why would leadership be in a church's value system? Why would that be? What is it that we wanna see and say about leadership? And so I'm going to use a metaphor, a coin. All right, everybody has seen a coin? This is a coin, it's a very old coin. It is a five shilling. All right, so don't ask me what it's worth, I don't know. Don't ask me what you could buy with it back in the days. It was long before my age, I don't know. But this is a coin. All right, it's not a note. Yes? Yes, it is a coin. You can feel it. I don't want to be like those guys that uh, come on stage and do different tricks and stuff and say, feel it, and then makes it disappear. This is a coin. It is not a note. And so when we say leadership, what we are not saying is that as a church, we want to qualify and disqualify people's ability to lead, whether you are a leader or not. That's not what we're trying to say. It is a coin. Leadership is a God-given gift. The ability to lead. Now, let me just stop there, pause there quickly. Maybe you're thinking, well, um, Donnie's not speaking to me tonight because I'm not a leader. I will find it difficult to find somebody that is not a leader. Because leader is somebody that's got influence. Yes? And so how did you get here tonight? You influenced yourself to come. And so even if it is that you're just leading yourself, then you are a leader. Yes. Good. And so we are not trying to qualify or disqualify a God-given talent. Some of us have been gifted to lead millions. Some 100,000, some 10,000, some one. And so again, you need to understand that whether you have been gifted the ability to lead a million or a one person, you have influence. You have influence in society. Even that one that you are leading might become the next president. And so you don't know what's going to happen with that person's life that you are busy leading. But you are having influence and influence in society. And that is the focus of leadership in our values. How are you leading? What does your influence look like? I don't know if you've heard the phrase there are many sides to a coin. Yes. It means there are many ways to look at something, different angles to look at something. And so with leadership it is the same. There is a right way to lead and there is a wrong way to lead. And here I'm not talking about leadership styles. I'm talking about the leading according to, or leading according to the way Jesus wants you to lead versus how you desire to lead because of your human nature. And so we see a right way to lead. A coin has got two sides. We are not disputing the fact that this is a coin. We are not disputing the fact that you are a leader. The question is whether you are leading according to the principles Jesus has put in place are a worldly principle. And so we see how Jesus defines this in the book of Mark when he speaks to his disciples about the leadership that they have been called to. And so you can open your Bibles with me to Mark chapter 10. We're going to read together Mark chapter 10, verses 35. We're speaking on leadership. Jesus defining the right and the wrong way of leading, a worldly way and a kingdom way. Mark chapter 10 verses 35, and James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came up to him and said to him, teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. Has anyone done this to your parents when you were younger? Yes, dad, you're not allowed to say no, and dad doesn't know what you're going to ask. Verse 36, and Jesus said to them, what do you want me to do for you? And they said to him, grant us to sit one at your right and one at your left, your right hand and one at your left, in your glory. Jesus said to them, you do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or to be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? And they said to him, We are able. And Jesus said to them, The cup that I drink, you will drink. And with the baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand or at my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. And when the ten heard, they began to be indignant at James and John. And Jesus called them to him and said to them, You know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. And their great ones exercise authority over them. But it shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Father, thank you that we can just open your word tonight. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will guide us, that you will break open the word to us tonight as we speak on leadership. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. And so hopefully you saw that in this this piece of scripture that we just read There is a clear contrast. Jesus comes and he he makes a defining contrast between leading according to worldly principles and leading according to kingdom principles. Did you see it? Where did you see it? Verse 43. What does verse 43 say? But let it not be so among you. And so let it not be so among you. What we need to hear is whatever was set or written before verse 43, let it not be so amongst you. And so we see there's something that should not be, and then after verse 43 it says, but this must be so amongst you. And so we need to ask the question, well, if we are talking about leadership and Jesus is saying, let it not be so amongst you, what should not be so amongst us? Obvious question to ask, yes? Yes? Yes, I see it's exams, everybody's a bit tired, no response. And so the first thing we see that should not be so amongst us is the following. Leadership is not about position and glory. Leadership is not about position and glory. Verse 37, and they said to him, grant us to sit one at your right hand and one at your left in your glory. This is James and John. They are disciples. They are walking with Jesus. And at this point, they still believe that Jesus is going to be the king, the physical king to sit on the throne of David, to restore Jerusalem. And he will free them from the Roman oppression that they were going through. And so when they are asking him, grant us one to sit at your right and one at your left, they are asking him for the second and the third most important position in the kingdom. They are asking him to be the second and the third most important individuals in the kingdom. Just imagine that. The first thing is not to say, Jesus, how can we serve you when you become king? No, they are gunning for the positions. And so the other ten hears this, And they become indignant. They become angry. Why? Because they are jealous. They want these positions for themselves. And so we see there's this gunning for position and glory that will come with it. You know, the designated parking spot with your name or your title. Or the few letters in front of your name that makes you feel important. Or the glory that people give you because of those few things before your name. Or the perks that come with the position that you find yourself in. And so leadership is not about, Jesus is saying to them, let it not be so amongst you. It is not about the position or the glory. The second thing we see Jesus saying, leadership is not about power and authority. Leadership is not about power and authority, verse 30, 42. And Jesus called them to him and said to them, "You know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles, lorded over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them." So John and James just asked Jesus, and so the other disciples becomes angry, and Jesus is seeing what is happening here, and he calls them over. And he addresses the condition of their heart by pointing to leadership according to a worldly system. And he's warning them. He's warning them in this moment. Interesting, what he is saying to them is the exact thing God said to Samuel when Israel requested a king the first time from God. God was leading his people through prophets. And there came a point where Israel said, but no, we see that other nations have kings that rule over them. We also want a king for ourselves. And so in that moment, God gives them a warning. Listen to this quickly. It is in 1 Samuel 8 verse 10. So Samuel told all the words of the Lord to the people who were asking for a king from him. And he said, these will be the ways of the king who will reign over you. He will take... He will take your sons and appoint them to the chariots and to be horsemen and to run before him, his chariots. Verse 12. And he will appoint for himself commanders of thousands and commanders of fifties. Verse 13. And he will take your daughters to be perfumers and cooks and bakers. Some men take wives for the same reason. let it not be so among you verse 14 and he will take the best of your fields and vineyards and olive orchards and give them to his servants verse 15 and he will take verse 16 and he will take and verse 17 and he will take and so Jesus is seeing what is happening here and he's calling his disciples over and he's addressing the condition of their hearts it's not about position and glory it's not about power and authority Because what we see in according to a worldly way of leading is all about self. How I can enhance myself and how I can enrich myself. I use what I have to better myself. And Jesus is saying, let it not be so among you. Let it not be so among you. You know, why is it that you aspire certain positions? What is it that you want to gain? Let it not be so among you. Let me state the obvious. Leadership is influence. You can influence people without a position. Position does not make you a leader. You can influence people without a position. You do not need a position to lead and influence people. And so Jesus is looking at it and saying, Let it not be so. Amongst you. Leadership is not about position and glory. Leadership is not about power and authority. But leadership is about, and that's verse 43. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be a slave of all. Leadership is influenced by being a servant and a slave leadership is about being a servant and a slave the two greek words being used here is important to note because that explains it word servant is diakonos in greek which is where we get the english word from deacon the deacon that we find in churches diakonos servant slave is doulos the bond servant Now, I don't know about you, but when I read this and I studied this, there was two feelings that just came up that stirred in my heart. God is asking me to be a slave and a servant. I just felt overwhelmed and devalued. Overwhelmed, I need to be and I want to be and I'm trying to be this perfect husband that remembers my wife's birthday, that buys flowers regularly, that holds her hand long enough, you know, that plays with her hair often enough. And then I have three children and I need to be at all of their events and make sure that I don't forget something and still smile after a long day. And all between all of this, still do a great job at work and somewhere find time for myself. And now, by just reading this, I am compelled to be a servant. I need to serve people. Just overwhelmed. Where am I going to fit all of this in? Yes, it's just me being honest about what I felt. Devalued. Jesus really expecting me to be a slave. Do you know what the meaning is of the word slave? I mean, I'll be his, not his, but I'll be Gideon's. Gideon is a good master, he's a tough master. Lou, you need to be somebody's slave. It means you do not have a say. And in that moment, I just felt devalued. Is that what Jesus is really asking of us? And so the answer is much deeper than just being a servant and a slave. When Jesus is saying this, there's a deeper meaning. The last verse there, what we just read, and the Son of Man came to serve and not be served. It's pointing back to a prophecy that was spoken over Jesus in Isaiah 53 verse 11. Isaiah 53 verse 11. Listen to this quickly. Out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant. This is God speaking. And he's speaking about Jesus. And he's referring to Jesus as a My servant. This is long before Jesus has walked the earth. Make many to be accounted righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities. What we need to understand here quickly is Jesus was a servant unto God long before he came to serve us. And so when Jesus is saying to us tonight, servant, slave, he's referring to the example he has set to us. He was a servant unto God. The outflow of that was him walking on earth and doing what he needed to do because he was a servant unto God. And so when we go back to those words, diakonos, it emphasizes what we need to do. We are a servant. And so with this example and what Jesus is saying to you tonight is, you need to understand that you are a servant unto Heart. Whatever you do, however you lead, lead as unto God. And so when you walk into your dormitory, you go to class or you at work, wherever it is that God has placed you and where you have influence, be a deacon, a diakonos unto him. The outflow of that is people will benefit because of you Walking and honoring him. It is not about serving people. It's about serving God. People will be blessed by the fact that you are doing that. So diakonos emphasizes what we do. Dulos emphasizes, places the emphasis on whom we are. Now so let me ask you. Who are you? And don't tell me I'm Marku. I went to Watercliffe High School and I'm married lately. That's not what I'm asking Dulos means you are a bond servant. All right, bondservant was somebody that was paid for and you belonged to your master. And so tonight, guess what? If Jesus is your Lord and Savior, you are a bondservant because he has purchased you by his blood. And so when it emphasizes who you are, what Jesus is saying, in my kingdom, leadership starts with, Whatever you do, do it unto the Father, knowing that you are a servant of the living God. Leadership is not about the position or the glory or the power or the authority. It is about serving God and knowing who you are in God. And so when we point to our values, knowing that you have influence, the question is, do you understand And are you busy doing what you are doing, leading as unto Him because you belong to Him? You see, leadership in the kingdom of God means that we become a diakonos and a doulos under Him. And He starts influencing society through us. He starts influencing society through us. When you're late for work or when you're at work, how does it look practically? Do you know everybody's names that you work with? Your peers? You will definitely know the people above you. But do you know just the person standing at the door, opening the door every day? The lady that, that washes the cups. Have you ever washed the cup? You see, leadership is as on him. So that he can influence through you. It is not about somebody taking your cup away and washing it. It is about you taking the cup and standing to next to whoever is appointed to do that in your company and helping them do it. Because in that moment, God can influence a society through you. And so we are not disputing the fact that God has graced you with leadership. But as believers... We should not strive for position and authority and glory. Why? Because by the gospel and through the gospel and as a result of the gospel, you have been raised with Jesus. Ephesians 2 verse 6. And you are seated in heavenly places. You have already received the highest position known the greatest glory known. You are sitting one day, your place has already been booked in heavenly places. All the position, glory, power, authority has been given to you. You have it. We do not have to aspire for it. And all that Jesus is saying to his disciples, let it not be so among you, but wholeheartedly submit your lives, to loss, to me. And serve me, Diakonos. And so as a church, we see leaders that submit themselves unto God, and that serves society because they are serving the king. And we see societies being transformed by leaders that live for one thing only, that lead for one thing only. It is to see societies being transformed. Now, if this was your performance appraisal tonight, those of you that have not been in corporate, a performance appraisal is what companies use to see if you do your work. So you go and you sit with your boss and they tell you how good you are or the opposite. And then you either get a raise or not or you get fired. That's a performance appraisal. So if this was your performance appraisal tonight, Let me use this as a coin. And opposite the table sat the Holy Spirit tonight. And he asked you the question Which side of this coin best describes your leadership tonight? What will your answer be? What side of the coin best describes your leadership? You are a leader. Are you currently leading according to worldly principles? Or is your leadership defined by the fact that you are leading according to kingdom principles? Which side of the coin best describes your leadership? Father, thank you. Thank you that we can sit here tonight. And we can know that we know that through you, Jesus, we have been raised. And we are seated in heavenly places. And that it's not about the position or the authority or the glory, but it's about serving you. It's about belonging to you. Paid for, Jesus, by your blood. And so I pray, may we be a church. May we be a people that lead and lead well, because we lead as unto you. May wherever you have placed us, Father, may we be your hands and feet. May we see how the environments, the hostels, the classrooms, the offices, wherever you have placed us, may we see how you transform our societies. pray that you will find us faithful in being a diakonos and a doulos. In the name of Jesus. Amen.